This is the Why We Travel podcast, the podcast dedicated to those who want to explore the world on their terms. Each week, you'll hear from amazing travelers and experts sharing their best travel stories from the road. Listen to their unique travel experiences and get insider tips about their favorite destinations. Whether you're an experienced world nomad or just getting started, this podcast will inspire you, improve your travel skills, change the way you travel, and motivate you to get out and see the world. Discover the art of independent travel and meet fellow travelers in our online community. Now, let's get into it with your host and world traveler, Claus Louder. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Why We Travel podcast. Today, we want to talk about a bit of a serious topic about racism while traveling, but also a very exciting topic because we have someone who traveled quite extensively. So I have Usman with me today. He has been to more than 70 countries. So he has a vast experience on traveling and also to going to places that are not completely on the normal way. So a bit of offbeaten destinations. So we want to learn more about this. Hello, Usman. How are you today? Hello. Hi. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? All good. Usman, give me a bit of a background. What got you into traveling? How did you become a traveler? To be honest, I grew up in... Pakistan. It felt quite claustrophobic when I was younger because not a lot you can do. You can't really get out of the country. Options are fairly limited. So I moved to UK and I got a chance to go and actually the first place was Munich, which I went and I absolutely loved it so much that I just got into it more and more. And then once I kind of started, then there was no looking back. And I'm really happy that I got on that path. And yeah, been like 12 years since then and the yeah, haven't stopped no plan to stop it okay so you're a perpetual traveler are you more a solo traveler an individual traveler an adventure traveler what's your style of traveling definitely solo i do most of my trips on my own i started with like going with friends and all but i soon realized that they can't keep up with me so i switched to the solo thing but i do add like a little bit of Whatever, I mean, depending on the destination, but it's a beach place. I'd love to go snorkeling, decent marine life, if it's the place where I could go hiking. Absolutely love to do that. So I, I, depending on the country, I just change plans accordingly. So that's the idea behind, you know, go mingle, go with an empty, clean plate. And then see what you can learn from the people. And yeah, what else you can see. Okay. So we're diving a little bit of a more serious topic today. It's about racism and being a traveler, being in environment societies where you stand out and you're not part of the culture. And you have some experience on that one. So give me a bit of a background. What happened? What got you into this topic? I went to, it's actually the height of Syrian war. And I visited Vienna at the time. And I was treated quite badly, actually. And it wasn't just the general population. I got pretty harsh treatment from the border agency in Vienna as well. Even though I legally entered and legally left, it was not a good experience. And before that, I hadn't paid much attention. So... When I came back, I was not really happy with the experience. And I got talking to a few other friends who expressed similar things. And that got me into the idea that how people differ when it comes to traveling and how you're treated based on the color of your skin. I have a good friend. Uh, her girlfriend is white. She is mixed English Caribbean. And the story that I heard from her, obviously I travel solo, so I experience it entirely mine. But if you're traveling with someone who's white, she actively told me like people would approach her, they would give the bills to her, or they would completely ignore her or 
pretend that she's not even there. So that, that got me thinking and I realized that actually looking back, some of the experiences I had were because I looked a certain way. So people either treated me really well because that was exotic or treated poorly because they had the preconceived notion of what I should be based on the stereotype they had seen in the TV or the movie or what someone told you visited Middle East. Or so there's quite a different thing depending on the destination. Again, some places there's a positive discrimination. I'm half Iranian, half Pakistani. So I get quite a lot of like, oh, Iran, oh, Pakistan dangerous, or Iran's so beautiful. So depending on what side of the thing, the story they've had, I get treated accordingly. I'd sometimes it's financial, but people think that white tourists have more money. They will tip them better, that they get towards them more, leaving you behind. And sometimes it's just racism. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. But it comes in different flavors, different forms. Some are more bearable, like the financial part, that's fine. I don't really generally care much about that. But race is a part is the one that is actually quite hurtful. Okay, that would bring me to my next question. So do you think, are there certain areas where you think it happens more? I mean, you travel extensively with more than 70 countries. Obviously, your experience might be very different from area to area. So I'm talking about continents or not specific countries. So do you think that's something that has more to do with society, how they perceive someone who looks different? Or is it the individual where you just bumped into and it's just like a singular event? What do you think? Where does that come from? Generally, I discount all individual experiences because every country has good and bad people. You would have racist people in Brazil, which is one of the friendliest countries I've been to. It's the same as having really nice people in Vienna, which obviously meant, which is the most gracious place I've ever been to. The individual experiences, I generally tend to discount. But overall, on the whole, it's more of an experience like how do you feel throughout of the trip and at the end of it when you're taking stock of like okay that was not so great or people are not friendly here i generally base it on that rather than individual experiences yeah no it's more individual experiences that's for sure when you travel I mean, you have some very off the beaten path destinations. Do you think there people are more welcoming, more open, more curious about you than metropole regions, which have a complete different flair and vibe to it? I'm going to be honest, generally, and there are obviously exceptions to this, but generally more off the beaten path countries, countries that are still developing, people are friendlier and nicer. Like I said, there's obviously exceptions to that, but most of the places I've been to that are not on the main street tourist map, people have been amazing. People are really friendly and for example, Brazil again, I'll give you an example. It's quite a touristy place, Rio, but it was really easy to make all the people really friendly. Everyone's really get along. But I went to, and I'm going to single out Buenos Aires because the rest of Argentina is pretty good, but Buenos Aires, they tend to think of themselves as Italian Spaniards of South America, that they have a chip on their shoulder, which I find ironic because the Italians that Spaniards are the friendliest people in Europe and they're the least friendliest people in South America. That's generally what I've seen so far. Yeah. Once you're in a situation where you see there's somebody who has some kind of wrong thinking, how do you circumnavigate that? What's your tactic there, your strategy? It really depends on two things. What is it because of ignorance? or lack of exposure, yes, I would love to correct or have a general discussion because that gets people defensive. So if I've stayed with someone who's saying to people from the Middle East are X, Y, Z, or they're aggressive or this or that, I like to 
think that then they would be able to see that, hey, there's a non-aggressive guy who came through. That might change their opinion. But if someone is aggressive, like they already have a opinion fault, like, hey, go back to your country or whatever. I just tend not to engage because I feel like that point, the lost cause, because I'm not there to do therapy for someone who's angry for some other reason that's been misdirected based on race, stereotype. So it's not my job to be there and help them with that. I just disengage. I don't like to communicate that my way of dealing. No, I think that's the right approach. I would deal exactly the same way. And interesting enough, you said it's not only people of color, it's also white people. I mean, even I have had situations where you can feel racism and when it actually comes through. And then the best way is, yeah, just not to engage. You can't change the world. And as you said, there's the good, the bad, the ugly in every place, no matter where you are. And that's just something you have to deal with. But on a lighter note, obviously with traveling, and I see for you also as part of food is a big part of every journey. Any particular experience? Experiences that stick out where people should go and explore the country, not only because of the food, but maybe go there and try the food. People tend to think of places, they have associations based on better senses. For me, it's always been the taste. So I love remembering, you know, I had that food there. I love exploring the local food there. So biggest surprise for me was actually Georgia. And I am really surprised that it's not so mainstream here, but Georgia had amazing food. And it's actually quite distinctive from other ex-Soviet countries. So the food is really good. It's quite experimental as well. Like they had the garlic, big garlic chicken, which sounds horrible on paper, but it was actually really delicious. They also do really fun dumplings, but usually you get dumplings in soup. They put the soup inside the dumpling, which is really good. They also do khachapuri, which is like bread, which is either stuffed or they create a bowl with cheese. It's quite an amazing cuisine. I had a lot of fun when I was trying that. But that's one thing. I'm a huge fan of the cuisine, which I just came back from. Uh, honestly, after Pakistani food, Iranian food, because it, these are quite meat-heavy cuisine. But I thought like, hey, Afghans do it or even Iranians or Pakistanis, they do the beat so well. But I was really surprised that it was fixed because they take things to another level. And I had such a good time eating and I didn't mind putting my weight when I was there. But yeah, I was making thought at recently. I'm really, really impressed with that as well. If you get a chance, Georgia, these are like really favorite destinations. Yeah, I will put it on my list. Thanks for the tip. I really appreciate that. Also notion that a lot of people who do not travel extensively, they always have the sort of idea that you don't get any food anywhere. So it's like, how do you survive in this faraway place? And you go there and they have amazing food. So it's yeah. interesting. Sometimes it is a bit of a quiet date, but I guess you get on, you have like, okay, I can deal with it. So then you get on, otherwise sometimes you do suffer at places. Yeah. With all the traveling, how does that or has that changed you as a person over the years? I feel like I've become a lot more distance from the mass consumption economy. I realized that I've been out on travels for two, three months with just a small trolley and a backpack. And I realized that actually more than enough for me. I tend to distance a little bit from the materialistic pattern. I've become like more comfort oriented fashion reinstated over time. And most of all, it's become easier to go to places without a lot of expectation and keep an open mind. But that's been the biggest takeaway. To go back a little bit and just realize, okay, just because I think this is right, just because I think in order to be civilized, you need to eat with fork and knife and spoons. That doesn't necessarily count as civilized other parts of the country world where they eat communally and they're happy. All these things that open your mind to different cultures, languages, 
I also realized it's not an achievement to correct them if they don't speak good English. It's really nice that they do. They're speaking more languages than I do. It is an appreciative thing. So keeping an open mind has been the biggest thing for me that I feel like that has changed me. Okay. What would you recommend or gold nugget that you would give someone who wants to start traveling extensively? So someone who has not been to many countries, wants to become a solo traveler. What would be your advice there? Two things. I would mention, I created a couple of videos around being safe or how to start solo traveling. So you can check them on my YouTube. I did that specifically because I get that asked a lot. Like, hey, how can you go to Tajikistan on your own? Or, hey, how are you going to Ghana on your own? Was it not dangerous? So two things, people. One, am I going to be lonely? How do I cope with that? And the second one is, it's going to be safe if I do that on my own. So for the safety part, I think generally it really depends on the destination. And if you have anything that's flashy or I tend to struggle really simple. So that actually helps quite a lot with safety. Second thing is if you do a little bit of research, if you're conscious of how you approach people, information you need to give out or withhold, that helps quite a lot. But again, that's a question based on destination. I don't think I have felt safe anywhere so far. Even in Africa, I just got into a couple of tight spots, but it was still not to the extent that I would be like, hey, I'm not going to go anymore. But yeah, there are dangerous places like planning to go to Afghanistan next year. They are thinking hard about it because there's not a place you would want to be stuck at or get into trouble. Other part is the part where you feel like, oh, I'm going to feel lonely. So I think this all kind of has this idea that if you're traveling, you're on your own at all times. That's not the case. It's actually a big advantage of solo traveling is that you meet other people, new people. I'm really glad that I met so many people throughout the time that I was traveling and made new friends. And that would not happen if I was traveling with my own friends because then you don't tend to look outside your group, right? You're just comfortable with the situation. So it was good because I met so many other solo travelers or other people who gave me recommendations. I was in Belize and I met a really nice couple who did Sri Lanka and I was going there next. So they helped me get in touch with the person who took me around and he became a good friend as well. It's these type of things that help. I always find free walking tours are the best thing to meet new people, to get to know other solo travelers. I get that feeling of here with other people. And I always download like plenty of stuff too. I'm really comfortable eating on my own. Feels awkward a few times, but then you're fine eating on your own. You don't care what people are saying or how they look at you or what they perceive. So you, you don't care. I don't think anyone cares either. It's on your head. There's a lot more to this. I'm afraid it will take a lot of time to discuss that. No, great advice there. And I love that you mentioned free walking tours, which I have done a ton on, I don't know how many cities. And it's definitely a good way to connect with other travelers. So you mentioned your YouTube channel. Where can people find more about you and can get in touch with you? It's all under the same name. So I do some short sort of stories on TikTok, Brown Boy Travels. That's on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram. You can also write to me. My email is on my profile. So if you need any help, I always like it when people approach me with like, hey, I'm going to a baby heart, wait to X, Y, Z, Kyrgyzstan, or you know, I have these questions. I love getting those type of emails because I like that people are going to have the same experience as me, but not the same. And I'm helping them prepare for it. So that always makes me happy. I always love to hear about that. Cool. I will put the link in the show notes and people can reach you with just one click and then you can take it from there. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. Pleasure, Zol. Have a good day. You too. Hey, Klaus here. Before you leave, I have a question. Are you a traveler? Do you have a favorite travel destination or favorite travel experiences that you would like to share with the world? 
then become a guest on the Why We Travel podcast. Simply message me and I will get you all the details for becoming an interview guest and then we take it from there. That's it for now. I'll see you in the next episode and have a great day.